Welcome to BusinessWorks. This is Hal Alpiar along with Johnny Stites. We've been talking about leadership and teamwork for the last two weeks, and today we're going to talk about leadership and teamwork actions, give you some examples of applications and ways of making leadership and teamwork improve and have a better impact on your business or professional practice. So I, I was going to start us out with just a couple of comments, uh, Johnny, that w one is that I, I think that what I've learned over the years of doing so much of this kind of training that people respond better when they are dealing with something, a, a role-playing situation, for example, uh, or something that's not quite real. It's not exactly what they do day to day, but it's a way of accenting or emphasizing some of the the values attached to it. So when you do, a let's say, a role play situation, um, it gives you a little flexibility and freedom to move outside the range of what you normally would do, and you don't feel as uh, subject to criticism in the process because you're taking on something that's totally different. And it brings to the surface a lot of reality. And I think that in the process, you learn more because you're not, you're not putting your whole self into a situation that is really representative of what, you, what it is that you do every day. You're dealing with uh, a, an artificial situation and seeing um, the results of it, whether it's a response time deal or whether it's an accuracy situation measurement or – Whatever that may be, man managing differences in agreement, for example, there there are lots of ways to do all of that. You had just mentioned uh, uh, attending a uh, – uh, sounded like a contest there that uh, that sounded pretty interesting to it me. It was. Uh, I was down at uh, Chattanooga. All the TCATs uh, had young people that they sent down to Chattanooga to compete in a contest on skills. So you had young people who were electricians electricians down there doing electrical work. You had welders doing welding skills. You had, In one case, there was a guy, uh, several guys standing there building a wall. It wasn't but about four feet high, and they were just building bricks, putting bricks in this wall. One of them was very methodical. He's very structured. He was moving at a standard pace, there was another one on both sides of him who were just racing. You could tell they were moving as quickly as possible. So their work was much sloppier, and it was created more of a mess, uh, both on their bricks and on the floor beside them. And the rules were they had to have it as at a finished condition, which meant you couldn't have that mud on there. So instead of having to the man who's going slowly and planning his work and working effectively – Instead of him spending all of that time it took to clean the bricks, he was saving that time. And while it may have taken him a little bit longer to get the bricks up, he saved a ton of time not having to clean the whole wall. And it just made the point to me that we need to be the most critical people about our work. We personally should be critical about it. What can I do differently? What can I adjust, how can I improve, always doing that. But there's also that feedback you get from others. If you accept 
what others are telling you and trying to get feedback from them, you can become better. But it means you have to be willing to accept the criticism, the constructive criticism. Well, in, in this case that you're citing, this is this is an application of actual work skills. Uh, so that's a different way of, of setting up a, a training direction is to have people do what it is that they do. I mean, and that, that works fine in that case because it's pretty evident uh, the differences between yes. those guys that you mentioned. Um, I'm looking at maybe taking people who do that sort of thing, or I've done this with, I uh, said, healthcare people. I, I've taken groups of people, broken them up into teams, and had them have, we've had a little auction. So we'd auction off things like newspaper and scotch tape and rubber bands and staplers and staples and all kinds of oddball things. And then given them an assignment of having to build a paper tower. And the paper tower would be judged on height, beauty, and durability. And they would have so much time allocated for that. I think it was 15 minutes or something. Um, we would have observers with clipboards for each team standing in the background and taking notes of what they see and hear. And then have this uh, activity commence. And after one minute of it, where they are scrambling around trying to put together newspapers that they don't have that they need to barter with the next group to get, or or they have staplers but no staples, and they need to maybe they're going to steal them from the other group. You know that's kind of an interesting side effect to talk about. But however it happens, they all end up in some fashion or other building this paper tower, and it in some cases is not very high or is not very durable, is not very aesthetic, whatever. But there's always one that's a little better than the others. And how that gets to that point is after the first minute, I would tell them there's no more talking. And lo and behold, they figure things out with hand signals, with drawing stuff, with with writing words down to one another. And, and, uh, and it's a terrific activity because it is – uh, it is outside the realm of day-to-day existence, and it gives people a chance to have fun in the process. And uh, the the responses that we get uh, are inevitably uh, very helpful to everyone. We're going to take a break here right now, and we'll hope to see you back in a minute or two. Please stay with us. Welcome back. Picking up where we left off, this is Johnny and Hal. Hal, I appreciate you you're giving us that example. I've done several of those myself as well. So what I would like to my paper towers are bigger than your paper towers. <laughs> <laughs> you probably could beat me on them. <laughs> I, I think what I learned from our experience was that you have people who are uh, working on projects like this, and the ones that tend to win are the ones that take the time to critically assess what they're doing. I right. mentioned earlier in the segment. Right that it's important for people to capture what they're doing right and capture what they're doing wrong and to understand those two and then make adjustments. The thing that allows you to do that is metrics. Metrics tell you whether or not you're doing it right because you were timing, right. which is a metric. You were timing your people. You were measuring them on quality, the the appearance. Right. And stability. That's Those a good are point all for explaining that. Thank you. They're all metrics. Yeah, that's right. And so, unless you have metrics, 
you don't know whether you're improving or not. And that's why it's important when it comes to training to have the metrics that drive the training because your training should improve your your quality, it should improve your aesthetics, it should improve your structural ability, and it should lessen your time. So, so some metrics should be set up if you're going to bring somebody in from outside before that actually happens. And then once that person is there and you talk with them, you may want to adjust that according to experiences that person has had in doing training. Well, another metrics that are important too is when you – like if you're a university and you want to set up metrics – you may want to look at what other universities are doing. If right. you're a construction company, you may want to look what other construction companies are doing because you may have metrics and you're just hammering those things and getting them done. But if they're half what everybody else is doing in your in your peer group, it may not be helpful to have those metrics because they don't drive anything. You're just able to hit them every time. Um, I, that's a very good point, I think, um, and it does relate to the example I gave as well as the ones that you're talking about. Um, one one of the areas that I have found most needed by businesses and professional practices in the area of training is to help the owners or the bosses uh, be better at managing differences and disagreements with other people and between other people. And so training programs can do that. They are very effective at it because they highlight some of the solutions to those those issues. So I, I'm wondering maybe if there's any – if you've had experience with that, um, I, I, I've, I've learned uh, that there are lots of ways to focus attention and to listen to people and to – pay attention to what they say their differences or disagreements are about and ask questions about that and stay with it and not with the individuals making the comments. Um, is there Well, another thing, too, is the, that's why the culture is so important that John Cotter talks about in his book. If you have the right culture where people are allowed to make mistakes without it costing them their job or without them being ridiculed, I think that is the first step in trying to create a, a healthy environment for people to grow and to mature and to thrive. Uh, I remember a couple occasions. On one occasion, a guy made a four-foot error in measuring between columns in a building. We poured that much too much concrete across the length of the building. It's a pretty big error. It was a big error, but the thing that really came out was – we had $250,000 worth of bar joists were now four feet too short. So we had to go and spend the money it took to replace those bar joists. And while we were able to use them on an, another job later, we had to keep them for like four or five years in stock before we found the right fit for them. So it, it is important. That would be like party time then, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Look, we finally because you didn't have saving. to put that cost into the job. <laughs> So we lost it on one job and picked it up on another, so it netted out. So I then guess. everybody went out for ice cream, right? Yes, we did, <laughs> for sure. It was a, a lot of fun to to have people try issues and fail, but not feel like they were being cast aside because they made a mistake. Another, another time, a guy who was sitting in this microphone 
failed to put in the cost of a steel building in one of the build one of the jobs he did, and so we had to eat that. <laughs> Fortunately, it was a small steel building, but it was still cost nonetheless. So you didn't head for Cream City then. I did not. <laughs> but I did change my process, so that never happened again. So over the 45 years, you learn those kind of things, and you spend your time and efforts to try to mature your company and mature your people to get better at what you're doing and creating a culture where you can have those mistakes and learn from them is, I think, critically important to allowing people to feel like they can have that culture that allows them to grow and thrive. How do how do you deal with someone who is uh, an employee, let's say, who is very effective but is very disagreeable and uh, is 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 has an attitude kind of issue going on with the other people? I mean, how do you build a team around or with someone like that? Well, our core values were were uh, built around the, the scriptures how you treat people. And you know, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself is the same commandment. So in his mind, there's no difference between loving God and loving man. So if you have somebody who's disrespectful to people or doesn't show love to people and or even just gentle gentleness, then you've got a problem. And Especially if it's a superstar performer. That, that's what yes. makes it hard. And what you don't realize is that those kind of people can do more damage than they can provide for you. So they might be a superstar, but if they're hateful and ugly and to people, they're going to hurt your culture. You're going to hurt your business. You can't put up with it, and we didn't. And so it, it, th- that will come to the surface in a, in a training environment. Yes, it would. And, and, and so that becomes – sometimes it's self-evident. <laughs> and we made the involved. effort to try to say this, it, just like we would with alcohol. We had no job no job would allow alcohol or drugs on the job, period. Right. Too dangerous. So if we had somebody that had an alcohol or drug problem, we would pay to send them to, ther- to um, not therapy, but to... Rehab. Rehab, yeah. thank you. Rehab. And the rehab was expensive, but it was worth it to save a good employee. Right. Now, if they went to rehab and then came right back and did the same thing, that was a death knell. We weren't going to go any further with them. It's too dangerous. So to at do some it. point, you, 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 you have can't to cut. continue to try you have to, to nurture cut your losses because those people have a death wish and they're just not going to ever right. get better. And you have to acknowledge that at some point. We're going to take a break here, and um, we'll be back in a in a minute. So stay tuned. We're going to talk about follow up. Welcome back to Business Works. This is Hal and Johnny. We've been talking about uh, teamwork and leadership and how to develop that. And today we've been talking specifically about examples and uh, ap- applications, t- how to take action with the subject, setting up structured communication activities, role playing, uh, giving ongoing feedback. Using metrics, as Johnny uh, likes to call it, measurements, so that for those who aren't familiar, making adjustments, managing differences and agreement, how to deal with all of those things. And and we're kind of at a point where follow-up becomes a very key ingredient in how you follow up with individuals after a training program, during a training program, before the next training program. 
and how to follow up with them after the training's all done. And then how to follow up with more training. Follow-up is a pretty important concept here, that once you've started this and it's moving forward and it's working and you're getting good responses, you, you needs to continue. But that all has to go all the way back to what we started talking about two weeks ago with setting objectives and strategies and tactics and developing a goal statement. So it, all of this is interrelated and you can't wing it. Um, so can it may be more, all the more reason to uh, reach outside your organization for someone who is professional at doing this. So if they missed that earlier program, they could go back and listen to the podcast and pick that up. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, if you missed that, yeah, please go back and listen to the podcast. By the way, you can tell your friends and and uh, family people who, who live 100 miles away or 500 miles away that they can pick this up anywhere. Uh, 24-7, it's free. All they do is go to 94.1 um, uh, News Talk, 941.com slash podcasts, and they can click on Business Works, go down, scroll down to that, click on any of these shows that we've done, and get a shortened version of them that's, that's pretty quick, and it gives you an opportunity to Make use of it almost as if it were a little library for yourself when you have one of these issues. Follow-up is pretty important when we're talking about training and training programs and how to follow up and how to do that. Follow-up is really critical uh, with the people who've been in the program and, and, and following up with the outside sources that you have that you may want to use to put together a program. Um, Johnny and I do this uh, on our own in different ways, and and we are able to contribute to the development of staff and the development of businesses and practices by taking the the goal setting information that the owners or the managers have put together and working with them to develop a program that fits the context of the people involved and the circumstances of the business or practice and and that takes it to the next level. And yeah, so there, there's yeah. one thing how that you can't that none of the experts disagree on and that is you cannot work in your business while at the same time try to work on your business. You have to stop working right. in the business and that's why sometimes bringing in an outside person can help you. Well, it's very distracting because there's a lot of work to do if you're going to try to do this yourself. It is. And not every owner can just stop managing the business. Uh, and, and if I can interrupt one more time about that point, um, it's also a lot easier for you or for me to inter interrupt like I just did with you, uh, but to interrupt and deal with uh, a, a individual personal issue that comes up during a program like this than it may be for the boss to do because it's a personal thing. Yeah, we call that going to to the dark place. There you go. There's personalities, there's uh, egos, there's politics in business and any organization, um, whether it's a school or a university or a business or a doctor's office, and everybody who's a part of that business knows it the expert can go in and call attention to the to the um, situation and make people own up to what they're doing 
And I think that's maybe a critical part of what coaches and consultants can do to help someone in their business. Uh, It's not always perfect to have a consultant, but there are situations that having somebody coach you uh, on a particular system you're trying to implement could be very, very helpful. I I like to think of it a lot of times like theater where you have a – um, a, a producer and you have a director. Exactly. And so if you're the producer and this is your business, you may want to bring in a director from outside because yeah. it's easier to have that person work with your people John, and with you. Yeah, John Wooten makes it the point as he talks to his teams, I'm not as good as any of you all in playing basketball, but I'm sitting on the bench and I can see things developing that need a coach to call the play or to pull the guy who's just not getting it done and put in the guy who's hot. And that's my role, to be outside looking into the court and seeing what needs to be done. And he was pretty darn good at it, wasn't he? Absolutely. That's a good example. Um, Where do you think uh, someone who has a small business – or a professional practice, and is interested in doing setting up some kind of training uh, program of some sort with their staff. Where where would you recommend they start with their thinking, and and where would you think that they should go from there? Um, Every industry has a national association. I'd go there first because most you give us an example of what, well, like well, for example construction. Well, the Associated General Contractors. And uh, ABC, which is an Associated Builders and Contractors, both have training programs. And these programs are designed to increase the effectiveness of the people in the construction industry. Not just skills, then. That's correct. Not, like management programs, uh, programs on leadership, programs on skills, even. And so all of these are helpful to business owners. And you can do them online or you can go and spend a week. And some of them uh, in Dallas, most every year they have one called Project Managing School. And there's five days of intense training on just that one thing, project managing. So for a small business, it, it may be hard to send people away. I, You know, that might be too expensive. Um, but for a small business on a local level, there are – there's usually – a, a pretty good assortment of talent available that you can tap into to to help with this. For sure, I think that's right. So, so the key is to always remember: plant, tra- uh, education never stops. You must continue to learn throughout your lifetime. And that's a great place to wrap up. And we thank you for your attention today. And we will look forward to hearing from you as we go forward.